Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. Bucks in the basement. I'm Chris. That's Craig. And Shop Yins, uh, they are the place to go and get the best of a brand new brand. Three dynasties, one brand. It's Yins, the number one brand for Pittsburgh sports. That big Y on your wear. I'm going to tell you something right now. Craig never stops wearing his Yins gear. You can check out all they have to offer. ShopYins.com. Get the link inside of the show notes for Bucks in the Basement, the proud sponsors of Bucks in the Basement. We talked at the end of the last episode. I have the belief that first base is not going to be a problem, and you can attack this in many different ways. But I would love for them to go out and get somebody who's a professional major league hitter that you can put in the middle of your lineup and can sit there for a couple of years. And now would be the time to go and secure that person as your young guys are starting to come of age. And I think 2023 should be all about getting the winning culture going, trying to be a 500 baseball team. I'm not saying break the bank, but you could start putting some pieces in place. And if Ben Charrington's talking about how he's got a lot of guys that are going to be on this roster that are already part of the team, that's fine. That means you're bringing guys up and that there might be some prospects that are moving up. But first base is something that you might need to address. And the guy floated out there, Josh Bell, is just one of them. It's become very obvious in Chicago that Jose Abreu will be available. And the White Sox are not going to spend their money in that direction with uh, Andrew Vaughn coming up behind him and Aloy Jimenez sitting in the DH spot. Anthony Rizzo looks as though he could be available as well. Uh, that's, that's a guy who's a little bit older, though, and he's going to be a high price. So I don't think that they go after him. But uh, interesting guys that maybe you pick up that get a nice bounce here that have been playing, you know, professional baseball for a while. Trey Mancini, you know, he's going to be available. And here's a guy that is is slowly but surely working his way back from, you know, he, he battled cancer. And you see in his numbers, you see that growth and that he's got something there. That's a professional hitter you could put at first base. And, and in a pinch, move out into the outfield. But he, I think he'd be great over there at first base as well. I think I still lean towards Josh Bell. I think you bring back an old friend this offseason, Craig. Yeah, and Chris, uh, after you brought up Josh Bell, I started to hear his name circulating throughout the uh, the Pittsburgh circles. And it wasn't just, you know, fans and listeners of, of Bucks in the Basement that were reaching out to me. I, I've heard it on multiple podcasts since then so so chris you started a trend man you were just like you know yeah. what josh bell and it wasn't like you were like you know coming out of left field with this one 
Uh, it's a guy that, you know, played for the Pirates. It's somebody that they know. It's somebody that was in their system for, you know, like five years in the minor league system, was with the team for like five years. So it kind of fits into that reunion. Um, people definitely did have questions about the defense, but I think people are kind of squashing that because if your first baseman's hitting and looking at the way that Josh Bell is hit outside of that, you know, 60 game sample that you talked about and a little bit towards the end of, you know, 2019, he's been just a good hitter that will kind of, it'll put the, the fears or the concerns about the defensive side because he will provide enough offensively. Yeah. Well, the only scary thing is that you get a Ben Charrington special, right? He grabs a guy that's a reclamation project and you hope that you can bounce him back with a, with a new team. And I'm looking at you, Eric Hosmer. Remember what a bust he was in that contract in San Diego, but he signs for less and goes to the Pirates on a multi-year deal and becomes the veteran at first base. That would be a Charrington-type move, don't you think? Oh, yeah, that would that would definitely be uh, – it would just be like the, the old Charrington switcheroo or something or whatever it would be called. But, yeah, I mean, I even look towards, Chris, like at some points in times, like non-tender candidates – and I know a lot of people will think, well, you know, a non-tender candidate is obviously somebody that, you know, the team doesn't want. But I, we don't know the situations. We don't know, you know, the money that all these teams are dealing with. Um, a guy that I looked at uh, was uh, our old friend Drury from the Reds. And oh, I don't... Brandon Drury. But the problem with Brandon Drury is this. Brandon Drury is so much better in Cincinnati, look at his splits. Check out the last year with him. When he was in the Great American Ballpark, he was a completely different player. That That's fool's gold, in my opinion. Okay? I'm not saying he's a bad baseball player, but he's definitely not the stats you saw this year. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. I, I'm just saying that it's not like... I mean, in San Diego, he definitely struggled. You know, 238, you know, 725, only hit... Uh, it was like eight home runs. So the, the power, some of the power was still there. It's just for me, it's a better option. And it's almost, I don't know if it's like not setting pirates fans up and, and Chris, you know what? It could be just me as a pirates fan trying to set my sights a little bit lower uh, just because I know that right now our first baseman, the starting first baseman, at least according to fan graphs is Miguel Anjuar, who. I believe has less than 20 innings of professional baseball at first base. And then is Zach Collins, who really should not be on a major league roster. I mean, we're realizing that at this point in time, I think everybody from his, his time in Chicago, the trade ending up with us two years later than people wanted him. Neither one of those should be your starting first baseman. So I think, I would love it to be a Mancini. I would love for it to be a Bell. I would love for it to be, God, a Rizzo, anybody that's, but I, I'm setting it for maybe, guys, it might be Drury. Well, here's the thing. First of all, an Andalar, okay? Uh, if you look at every year after his year 23 season in 2018, where he had 606 plate appearances over 149 games, the Yankees, 12 games and 49 plate appearances in 2019. 21 games and 65 plate appearances in 2020. 
162 plate appearances in 2021 with the Yankees over 45 games and a combined 140 plate appearances over 36 games between the Yankees and the Pirates. And his numbers are middling. Now, you could make the argument that this guy has not gotten a real opportunity to go out and get consistent at bats. And the one time that he got consistent at bats, he was a rookie of the year candidate with 297 with an 855 OPS. Now, Ben Charrington might think, hey, this is mismanagement by the Yankees. And I'm going to put him over at first base where all he has to do is catch the ball and field it. And he's a third baseman, so he should be easily able to convert over to first base, in my opinion. And if I give him regular at bats, this is just a fine. When one man's trash is another man's treasure. And and that's what we've been kind of accustomed to, to expect, not only from Charrington, but the Pirates, especially over the last couple of years. But there is nothing wrong, to your other point, of wanting more. Like, you're being conditioned to just expect one of the guys on the lower end of a free agent list or a reclamation project or somebody that's let go of. And while I have understood during the rebuild, and if you're going to have a true rebuild, you really have to just tear it all down. And that's what the Pirates did, even though they avoided trying to say it. But at some point, that can't be acceptable anymore to the fan base. And there's nothing wrong with the fan base loudly saying, no, 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 I want something good. When do I get something nice and shiny? When do I get something exciting? And, and, and to be honest with you, talking about Josh Bell or mentioning some of the other names that I talked about at first base as this show kicked off, that isn't like the end-all, be-all difference maker in winning a championship, but it's a professional baseball player standing at first base. And it'd be nice to have at least one or two professional veteran bats in your lineup as you wait for all these young kids to take that next step. Because it, either you're just waiting for things to catch fire, and, and unfortunately, nearby Pittsburgh, you have Cleveland where things just caught fire. So the belief is, well, I mean, all these things caught fire. Look at this. We're going to catch fire. But th- there, I, I really do think you need to have a couple of experienced bats, or at least one guy sitting in there that you just know what he's going to be. You plug him in, you go, this is what this guy does. I don't need to worry about him. I have all these other guys to worry about who are young, right? Yeah, and the biggest thing is, Chris, when you say that, it's like, we're stuck between a guardian and an Oriole because we just saw the same thing with Baltimore. I mean, it's, it, it's like a direct line from Baltimore to Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh is stuck in the middle there. But with Miguel Anjuar, the, the one thing I, I will say, and it's, it's probably also a, a pirates fan mentality of, you know, maybe not wanting or may I not wanting, we want more, but not expecting more is, I keep on going back and I look at this and, and you know I look at stats way too stinking much, but I look at Miguel Anjuar in 2022 in the Yankees minor league system. Batted 285, OPS of 817 with 13 home runs. If that guy was sitting in Indianapolis, that would be somebody we'd be clamoring to get a, get a bigger look at or get more of a look at for a season. Isn't that what we would be looking for? I mean, if Mason Martin had done that in Indianapolis this past year, you know, the guy who was unfortunately the heir apparent to first base because there were no other heir apparents, he was like the de facto heir apparent. If he was doing that, we would say, hey, let's give this guy a look. Do I think it should be your main option for next year? Absolutely not. Should it be at least something that's in 
I don't know, at least scratch down on a piece of paper in, in Ben Sherrington's office as like, we're going to put this up on the sticky board. Yeah, I, I, I have no problem with that, but it shouldn't be. I think that's what everybody's kind of worried about. I think we mentioned that before is that it's it's something that if it's Miguel Anjuar, you know, and we're going to be getting into the arbitration here and he's arbitration eligible. If he's the first baseman, they're thinking that's the answer. And I don't know if that should be the answer. It can be part of the answer. Well, he's a but he's a much better answer than Zach Collins. Right? Yes, I mean, like he's at least he's at least better than that answer. That wasn't an answer at all. That's the answer to a question that nobody asked. Zach Collins. All right, let's get into the Arab numbers that came out. What do you see? What do you want to talk about here? Well, the biggest ones, I mean, I when I look at these, Chris, I go with, okay, what is the, the low-hanging fruit? What's the things that we can just kind of knock out and then just not have to deal with again? It's, it's ones that, you know, maybe it could be a jumping off point for an extension. Who's automatic? Who's automatic that you're either saying extend them or whatever they end up deciding, definitely offer them arbitration. We can't let this person go. I mean, it's Mitch Keller and JT Brubaker. Mitch Keller's okay. 2.4 million is what, you know, yeah. the, the estimate is going to be JT Brubaker, 2 million. I, this I've, is pennies. This is pennies for any major league organization, especially one that has barely any money uh, on their on their roster. Uh, definitely go to arbitration with both of them. Uh, definitely uh, take whatever's uh, there. I don't know if I need an extension right now with the two of them because they're still both question marks. I mean, I know that you see things in players where they have one great game and you go, oh, here they go. They're turning the corner. That's the fan in you. I love it about you. Okay. But I wouldn't give these guys extensions. I just pay their arbitration number and see what they do next year. Yeah, and I think with with Mitch Keller, we it was I believe we've gotten past the, you know, and I hope we have gotten past the good start, bad start, good start, bad start because we saw more from Mitch Keller once he opened up with the sinker, once he started honing in with his slider more, once he if the slider wasn't working, he could, you know, go to the curveball and and a lot of people were just like, you know, Mitch Keller has found it. And I think I want to believe that Mitch Keller has. But Chris, when I went back to one thing, and it's it's something that we always go to, and people will probably get absolutely annoyed by us bringing it up. And we were talking about fantasy baseball before this started. And we were talking about... What's your favorite pitching stat, Chris? Whip walks and hits per innings pitch because it tells you how many or how few base runners there are. And it's the most controllable thing that there is because you never know what's going to happen with defense. You never know if there's going to be a weird bounce. But if you keep guys off base, that is going to be the best indicator as to whether or not that pitcher has had some bad luck whether or not that pitcher is at least in control of what they can control, and then you just sit back and see how the chips fall. A, a perfect example is, and, and I'm going to make you upset when I say this, I had two pitchers on my staff that were towards the back end of my rotation in my fantasy baseball league, and off-season trading has opened up. And I, when you proposed the trade that I just accepted from you, 
Uh, the pitcher that you wanted was Patrick Sandoval. And I had a guy by the name of Bo Brisky, I want to say is how you say his last name, out of Detroit, young pitcher, 24, pitched half a season. And I thought about offering him instead of Sandoval. And then I looked at their line. And I said, well, Bo's uh, ERA is in, fo- in the fours. And his, fielding independent, and his fielding independent pitching is in the fours. But his whip is at a 1.2. or a one, I would think he was in the teens. And meanwhile, Sandoval's up in the, in the 1.3s. And I looked at that and I said, you know what? In the end, Sandoval just doesn't keep guys off base. I don't see where there's room for improvement. That's a hard thing to figure out. But the other kid, he's young and he keeps guys off base. So I believe in him. And so that's why I was happier to give up Sandoval in the trade deal. I mean, that, that was literally what my reasoning was. That's how much I put in the whip. Yeah, and Chris, and the funny thing was, is I, I did actually look at Sandoval's whip, and I saw it as not going to be the best pitcher in my rotation, but hopefully a serviceable pitcher in my rotation. Right, and, good and, enough for you, not good enough for me. That's yeah, pretty much Yeah, your te- well, your team's always better than mine, so it's... But that's well, the way top, I, I did actually on, look at people know. I'll let people know. My top five starters right now in my Dynasty Fantasy Baseball League are DeGrom, Scherzer, Cease, Gallon, and uh, uh, Castillo in Seattle. And, and, and then I have Luis Garcia and uh, uh, Kirby out of uh, Seattle as my six and my seven. So, I mean, to me, I was like, eh, you know, I mean, is he really up to their standards? Probably not. So, I mean, I, I, we have high-end pitching in my fantasy team. <laughs> and that's where I mean Chris this is it's going to fall right into this is that Mitch Keller you know after he was you know banished to the bullpen developed the new pitches started 22 games ERA 3.22 FIP 3.69 and I was absolutely shocked because I don't know why I hadn't looked at this because I usually look at it like first thing whip and it's not a bad whip but it wasn't as good as i expected it to be 1.34 right so here's the thing a guy in the one threes to me can improve and get into um you know high-end pitcher status at this point in his career that's a massive improvement over the previous years so that that's an upswing when i look at that i think to myself that's an upswing that's a guy who's right there on the cusp he's definitely a starting pitcher on most baseball staffs Like, he can be a starting pitcher all across Major League Baseball. Depending on the team that he's on, he could rank anywhere between their their second or third starter down to their fifth starter, right? But he's definitely a starter, and he's definitely a starter on this team. So, I mean, but here's the thing. He's got a couple more years of arbitration. Like, I was trying to – I was looking at this because you're talking about his arb number, right? Well, he doesn't become a free agent. He can't walk out the door, he and Brubaker, until uh, 2026. So, you've got plenty of time to make a decision on him. So extension talk, unless you're getting some kind of great deal and you're convinced that something in his mechanics and something you saw in the back half of the year proves to you that he's fixed. And because you are taking a risk if you sign him long term and he reverts back to what he had been struggling with previously with the Pirates, unless you're convinced of it, I just take the arbitration number on him and Brubaker because it's okay to do that. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not a bad arb number and it's obviously, you know, the first time so it's it's gonna go up if they perform well but like you said you still have that control for that period of time so those guys were were definites for me uh, Miguel Anjuar the guy that we had been talking about they're they're looking at his arb number being around 1.7 million tender that immediately don't do an extension you have to wait and see what you get 
I don't think there's a question about it. And that's why they picked him up. They intend to tender him. Yeah, they intend to tender him. So those three right there are absolute guarantees. Now, I don't know whether to go with Kevin Newman next, just because we talk about the man so much, or if we just save him to the end. But What's Kevin, Kevin Newman, Newman's number? What's Kevin Newman's number? $2.8 million. $2.8 million. So you're going to pay $2.8 million for a guy who I still believe his long-term role on this team is that he is a super sub who you can move around and he was a below his OPS was below his OPS plus was below 100 which yeah. means that he was below what the average is it said it's 6 what was it I'm I'm dealing with new context today I'm having a hard time the screen is blurring 687 OPS I think is what I'm reading here yeah I mean he hit 274 what is his number again 2.8 that's a lot of money that's that's I mean uh I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. You know they're going to tender him. They can't get. They can't give up on him. They're addicted to him. I wouldn't be upset if they didn't, right? I, I mean, mean I you think have so it's... much young talent coming up. He's. I mean, you have so much young talent coming up. He's almost 30 years old. He hasn't done anything that's shown me that all of a sudden he's going to be a star. He is what he is. It, it really comes down to do you need that piece? And maybe for consistency's sake, you need that piece. Like I get it if they give him the arbitration number. I also understand if they sit there and say, "Eh, we're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna let some of the younger kids play. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let him go." Okay, I mean, I can understand that as well. But I I would predict that they give him that and they go to arbitration. Yeah, my prediction, Chris, is is a little bit of a, a mix of both. I'm thinking that they are gonna try to get him under a one year deal prior to the arbitration numbers even like really completely being exchanged. Yeah, but I think that would be stupid to him. It would be stupid for him to sign for less than what that ARB number is expected to be. Like, you're talking try to get him on a deal, and I'm sitting there looking at... Their, I mean, there were there were super subs around Major League Baseball that don't even do it as well as Kevin Newman, who signed for $5, 6000000 million in the yeah. last offseason. Like, that's normally what the price is. For a veteran that's been around baseball for a while, that you kind of have an idea of what they're going to do, and you're just looking for him in a sub role, I, I I think he would get more than that ARB number in, in free agency. That's why I don't think that they can pull that off, unless he doesn't have any confidence in himself. I mean, they, they, personally, he could be sitting there saying, Phew, I am what I am. If they're going to give me a deal, they'll give me a deal. But if I were him, I'd reject any offer, say arbitration or make me a free agent, because I do think there's a team out there that wouldn't mind a guy who could play a bunch of positions and hits 270-something, right? Yeah. I mean, even if he's – who's who, there are plenty of guys like that that get signed by teams and they get signed for more than $2 million in baseball. There were plenty of them last year. I mean, I'm, uh, uh, perfect example. Lurie Garcia hit under 200 this year for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, he was hitting, I think, 250 last year for them. And they signed him to three years and sixteen million dollars yeah. to be a sub, to be a to be a sub, and and so and this year hit like I said hit under two hundred. Like there's a market out there where he could go and at least get somewhere close to an arb number. If I were him, I'd bet on myself and say send me to arb or let me go. Yeah, and I and I'm not saying I I wouldn't do that if I was Kevin Newman. I can just see the Pirates trying to say, hey Kevin, you were a little bit injured this year. We worked you back in. You were playing pretty well, you know. We paid you, you know, almost two million next year. What do you say to somewhere between, you know, two point two five and two point five? See if we can work it back up and and we really, you know, we see you as 
you know, the veteran leadership coming into for these young guys that are coming up. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Here's the thing though. Let's, let's, let's put ourselves in Kevin Newman's shoes. Cause we always pick on Kevin Newman, but let's think about who Kevin Newman is and what he's gone through in the last couple of years. If you were Kevin Newman, would you want to remain on this team or be set free? Because if I were Kevin Newman, I'd want to be set free. I would say that the writings on the wall, this franchise has a ton of young hungry prospects coming up that play the infield. I'm running out of room on the team. And if I catch on someplace else where there is a shortage, let's be honest, there is a shortage of Major League Baseball second basemen that are out there that teams can go out and get. And there is a need for guys who can super sub and he can work his way onto a team that probably doesn't have so many guys that he'd be in competition with. Me, personally, I gotta think that if I were Kevin Newman, I'd be like, give me the ARB number or I'm leaving. Like, I wouldn't make it easy on him because it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to be set free. I think he still has a major league career where he makes more money and has a better opportunity if they didn't offer him arbitration. I can't disagree with you, man. And if, Kevin, if you're listening, listen to your boy Chris. I mean, he's actually... He's, he's speaking to you like, like you're a human him. being this time. Right. No, I'm advocating for him. Like, I don't like I him know. for this team, right? Like, on this team, I'm like, I've seen enough of him. But I know, looking around Major League Baseball landscape, that he's going to get a job someplace else, and he's probably going to make more money. And, you know, and eventually, that time to make that money is going to be gone. So I'm just saying that, like, if the if the Pirates try to say, we don't want to send you to arbitration signed for less, I'd be like, well, eh, send me to arbitration and let me go. Like, that's how I would feel if I were Kevin Newman at this point. But you know what? I'm playing with his life. It is his life. I'm just a guy in his basement, right? Like, we're talking about millions of dollars that I'll never make is what Kevin and Newman has to make a decision. So I can sit there and say, ah, you know, press your luck. Hope for no whammy, okay? Because it's not my life. But that's that's how I, like, if I had insert myself into his life real quick, knowing the very limited that I know about Kevin Newman, what's in his mindset, you know, what his agents are telling him, I would think that I wouldn't make it easy on the Pirates. Yeah, and Chris, for some reason, you, you just made me inside my head because I know that you said, I'm a guy in his basement, but you mentioned that right after Kevin Newman. So I pictured you like living in, in Kevin, Kevin Newman's, Newman's basement. basement. Maybe I am in <laughs> Kevin Newman's basement. Hi, Kevin. I'm in your basement right now. Did you know that? <laughs> don't Maybe take you it come downstairs every once in a while don't Check don't take don't take room. the money from the pirates sign for more i need to upgrade <laughs> my equipment down here buddy right. i'm just the troll that lives in your basement that's we what need I we am, need kevin faster Newman. wi-fi but go, moving on chris i mean here's the thing is we'll just with he kevin keeps newman changing the password that's the problem he keeps changing the password to the wi-fi he knows somebody's <laughs> taking it. he just doesn't know that i'm in the house but, I mean, with Kevin Newman, I think we're both, like, kind of on the, if he does, eh. If he doesn't, eh. Eh, like, I'm okay. I'm okay either way. I really am, because I don't think long-term winning a title is necessary to win your title. But I, I, I and like I said, I, I, I think the Pirates will offer it to him because I think it's a good price for what they need him for to be a utility player. And I would be surprised if they didn't offer him arbitration. All right, we've probably got about, like, Five minutes or less here to finish this up. So let's rapid fire through the rest of these. Well, Chris, luckily because of Brian Reynolds, you know, signing the two-year contract, he is not doing arbitration this year. So we only have two more guys left. We have Robert Stevenson, which the funny thing is, is I realized we had him. I remember (laughs) them picking him up. And non-tender. 
I had no idea he was eligible for arbitration. The crazy part about him is, and it's like the smallest sample size in the world, but I mean, good for the guy. When he was playing with the Pirates, he had a .825 whip in 13.1 innings, uh, 13 games, uh, a 3.38 ERA. But looking back through his stats for the rest of his career, he's yeah, a, he's a I career, mean, he's a career negative win above replacement. Like he's a point three negative point three. Last year was a negative point two. He's a replacement level relief pitcher. There's a million relief pitchers out there. He's uh, almost about. He's going to turn thirty before the season starts. He's got a career whip of 1.41, and in his small sample size was still over 1.3 as a relief pitcher. They're a dime a dozen. There's no reason, unless you honestly believe there's something you're going to fix in a 30-year-old relief pitcher (laughs) that's going to make him more effective. There's no reason to keep this guy in your team. He's just a body. It just depends on whether or not you like his body or you want to have a different body. But in, in, in terms of Major League Baseball players, there is nothing discernible, outstanding, exciting, different uh, about him than any other relief pitcher that's going to be sitting on the open market. It just comes down to budget. What you want to do, is this a guy you want in your system? You want to try somebody else who's younger. I, I, I mean, he's a. He, if you're talking about guys who get non-tendered, this is a non-tender candidate. Yeah, and just, I mean, Robert Stevenson, we hardly knew yet. Hopefully you you're catch on nice someplace guy. else. And right. you you know, you pitch for we'll the next eight Patrick's years. Patrick's Pub will have a beer, okay? We'll meet you at Patrick's Pub. We'll have a beer, right? They got specials every day. We'll, we'll get over there. We'll go have a beer together, okay? I just don't know if you really should be pitching for the Pirates or anybody, to be honest with you. All right, who else? Last one. Uh, Dwayne Underwood Jr. All right, what are your thoughts on him? They have pretty much used and abused his arm for the past two years. Uh, like, immensely. Like, basically last year, I mean, after... We were talking about, like, players after the pandemic and coming out and, like, how, you know, a lot of people are going to be, like, walked into stuff and everything. They're like, no, Dwayne Underwood Jr., you're going you're gonna to pitch 72.2 innings in relief, and we're going to basically throw your arm off until you have to go on the I.L. All right, well, if you look at Dwayne... Dwayne's stats, right? And it's only over 166 innings pitched in his career at 57 in 2022. He is slightly worse than the last person we talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, he's a negative 0.5 wins above replacement, negative 0.3 for his career. His whips in the one fours, not only for his, his career, but for this year. So he's consistently a bad relief pitcher in the bullpen. And he will be 28 when he plays next year, so he's a little bit younger. But again, um, whatever, keep him, get rid of him. He's a body. He's not. There's nothing exciting about him. I mean, when when it comes time to win a championship, these are the guys that are not in your bullpen because if they are, those are the guys that are going to give up a big game. Those are going to be the guys that you didn't get back into a game because all you can do is use them in garbage time. Like, that's what they are, okay? And until they do something that changes their career, that's what he is. So, again, he's a non-tender candidate. I don't know for sure if they're going to non-tender him, but these two relief pitchers that we're talking about, Underwood and Stevenson, these are the guys that when you sit there and try to figure out tender or non-tender, you lean towards the team is likely not going to tender them because there's so many relief pitchers out there. And unless there's something they think they've just recently unlocked or can be unlocked and they have some sort of belief or faith in it, this is the end of the line with this team. 
Yeah, and Dwayne, I mean, we don't want to leave you out. You know, come and grab a beer with us. Uh, Maybe maybe sing some karaoke. Get your favorite song on Wednesday nights. Get some wings with me for a terrible Steelers game on Sunday. Right, Right. there you you go. Right. Watch watch the Steelers try to march out a quarterback only in name, not in skill level. Now you get spoiled. (laughs) You get get Ben Roethlisberger for all that time. You get spoiled. You start to believe that every quarterback that's going to be on your team is going to be capable. Not so much. Not so much, Craig. Yeah, it's rough, brother. <laughs>